This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. Chris Saxon back with you on the VIP podcast with two brand new VIPs, Delegate Paul Krizek and Senator Bryce Reeves running for Congress, right? right? It's running me right now. It's running you right now. <laughs> uh, this, this podcast is brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director, available to you on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Please subscribe, like, and share. Gentlemen. You're working together across party lines. Have you no understanding of American politics these days? What's going on? Well, I, I'll start. I, this this is how American politics is supposed to work. Right? Oh, that's right. In cooperation with each other, solve issues. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, we um, we found a problem and we're trying to fix it. That's that's government at its best. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> People back home are not going to like you. You're going to be a primary. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't lobbed uh, grenades at him yet. Or have like, to say nice yeah. things in private. Yeah, and, yeah. and actually mean them. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. I, I didn't really know uh, Delegate Krusik Paul before this issue came up, and you know I've been here ten years, um, and I've learned that I've never earned somebody's respect by demonizing. But I also know that. I have a job to do for the constituents I serve, right. and Paul agrees the same way. And um, yeah. we just struck up a friendship. And you know, I, I think too often, um, if you don't break bread together, and you know, I, I know, I know his whole story. I know about some of the trials and tribulations mm -hmm. he's gone through. He's my friend. Now there are issues that we're wired in this room on, right? right. Um, but by and large, there's some issues that we can just find commonality, and we don't bring politics into it. And, just solve uh, the daggone problem, right? And we're working on on solving right. issues. Exactly. So let's let's talk about the issue, Paul. You you've been a stalwart on uh, charitable gaming. Um, tell us about where we are and why you're here talking about this particular issue. Well, I was the chairman of the ABC subcommittee in the okay. last two years, which also has gaming, which has the ABC gaming, gaming. ABC gaming, you know, right? ABC gaming and cannabis, I guess now is the okay. And um, and last year, Senator Reeves had a bill that came before us, and uh, and you got to listen to his, his, his the, how that came about because by the time it got to us, it was a whole different uh, animal than than what it started out to be. And I was listening to him, and I was and I real and I you know you know you, you we do actually learn things when we when we're in these hearings. And I heard and I heard his testimony, and I heard the witnesses and everybody that was lined up, and I was like, this is a problem. And I had already kind of had a little inclination, but. You know, the, the, the problem is that you've got a proliferation of, of gambling going on in Virginia. It's, it's all over the place. Machines are popping up in mm -hmm. coffee shops, restaurants. We found, I mean, we found them in all kinds of places. And, uh, and so he had a bill, and you know it's a good bill when there's about 100 people that are against it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was fun so this, is, this is last year's last 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 effort. You're chairing the ABC subcommittee right. on general laws, ABC's alcohol, beverage control, gambling and now cannabis right and lo and behold senator bryce reeves from the other chamber of uh, the old repute yeah. the, uh, the the chamber yeah. of the slow 
Yeah, we were ready, Cumbersome to, we're ready to kill it, you know. It's a, the slow, it's a center of public human. The, slower, the slower body, the less numerous body. More deliberate. The, the more deliberate. deliberate. That's right. We, we, and the House guys are yeah, slow. I got it's it. Just, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Older it. and slower. So seriously, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Senator Reeves, tell us about your bill and what you were trying to do all along and, and how so, you got to this point. So we're under COVID restrictions. And typically, uh, a lot of our charities play bingo, right? Right. And under COVID restrictions, there wasn't a lot of bingo going on. Mm -hmm. And several years ago, there was this movement to say, hey, we're going to let you play electronic pull tabs, or basically, in a general sense, slot machines, however you want to categorize them, skill, pull tab, whatever, but right. they're, they're electronic games. And the General Assembly said, okay, you can put those things in your social quarters. In other words, if I, I'm in a a VFW hall, I have a bingo hall where we rent out and people do mm -hmm. weddings and stuff. And then you have a private social quarters or a cantina where members, private members go in, they can throw darts, get drinks, play pool and play these pool tabs. And, and an organization came to me and said, hey, wait, we, we can't do bingo because of COVID restrictions. Will you loosen up electronic gaming, right? And I said, that's reasonable because we don't want our charities to lose money. We want them to continue to do what they're and doing. And let's just back it up for the, for the audience. Charitable gaming in Virginia is a huge enterprise. Well, I'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. When we get to that point, okay. I'll tell you how big it is. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know until we finished Paul's, Paul's uh, subcommittee hearings and the uh, Office of the Inspector General report. But uh, so what happened was I was carrying that bill ha perfectly fine. No problem. Uh, and quite frankly, Chris, if it's a veterans bill, I'm getting the bill out, right? I'm, I'm the veterans veterans. I handle all that stuff on our side in both chambers. They come to me. And I walked into a facility, a restaurant, and it looked like Vegas. And I was like, what is this? And, and I knew enough about because skill had just gone through this you know, we have them now. We're not going to have skill. them. Skill, define skill for the audience. Uh, skill is electronic gaming, but you, you have to be able to perform. It's a skill-based game. Okay. It's not a, a game of chance. Right. If you do well at it and you have that skill, then you're going to get a payout. Okay. And we knew those were already regulated um, by ABC, Alcohol Beverage Control. And then I saw these other machines, and I couldn't tell what they were. Till finally, I waited for a screen to process through, and it was a charitable organization from Chesapeake in Spotsylvania County. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> what is this? And so I started to do some homework because I'm a law enforcement officer and I'm, I found out that, hey, this isn't supposed to be happening. Why are these in bars and restaurants? They've proliferated. Yeah. Um, and so 1127 was the genesis of that bill. Your I got bill, asked to strike my Senate bill. bill 1127 yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, and I was torqued. I was pissed that somebody's going to leverage my reputation to allow these people to have 24 hours, seven days a week gambling and all these institutes in places we didn't want it. And, and in 2019, there was an effort. Was it legal what they were doing? <laughs> That's debatable, right? And here's what we uncovered because it's a big issue. Here's what we uncovered. The General Assembly had defined social quarters, but we allowed the Charitable Gaming Board to promulgate those regulations. And what that charitable gaming board did was redefine social quarters against the will of the General Assembly. Uh -oh. They had tried to pass a bill in 2019. It was flat-handedly defeated. Who tried? Uh, Collins, Delegate Collins. But who, who, was, who was behind that bill? Was it the, the same people and companies that okay, these wanted companies, it, it wasn't. This wasn't an action of the charitable gaming board then? It, twofold, yes. Twofold. 
and part of the charity okay. gaming board. But these big manufacturers that have a lot to gain in the industry. Oh, sure, sure. Right? And then as we dug farther into it, we found out that members of the charitable gaming board were promulgating regulations for their own self-interest. And this oh, is a regulatory Full-scale corruption is what we're saying then. Yes. Yes. Okay. This now is, we're getting good. Yeah, this is starting to get this, fun. Right. Because I was I was on the ABC subcommittee and I used to get the nice yeah. was right. educated on these things. So so you have this bill, you you see this. This is you're redressing grievances, you have your own very own Correct. grievance because you know the system, you know all the issues. Well you put this bill and it comes through the Senate. Yeah, well it's coming through the Senate committees yeah. and I've done my background and we had a gentleman that represented the uh, uh, VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars. And I mean, we were in these hearings. At that time, these guys were meeting virtually. We were meeting in the science gym. And he gets up and he has his uh, cover on, VFW, and he's, he's just blasting me, right? The bill is horrible, all this stuff. What he didn't realize is I found out he's not only a lobbyist for the VFW. He's a paid lobbyist for Powerhouse Gaming, which is one of these gaming manufacturers, but failed to disclose that as well to the committee. Oops. Yeah. Right? And we catch him. Flat out, in committee, on testimony, recorded testimony. Yes, I'm eventually going to get that out that he because is. Because usually you can tell. If someone's that upset, they have something personal sure. at stake. And, and what we also found out was Powerhouse Gaming uh, gave the VFW $225,000 to be the sole provider of charitable games to the VFW. Right? So they had a financial stake in this thing. Going forward. Now, we talked a little bit earlier, and Paul will back me up on this. We finally had to twist enough arms to figure out kind of where some of these numbers are. Let me give you a, a quick idea. This is just two companies in charitable gaming. <clears throat> and two biggest. In 2013, two I'll, I'll just give you one. Uh, their gross proceeds were $2,220,000. In 2021, their gross proceeds were $551,946, okay? In nine years, they went from $2 million to $551. Another company. Million. Million. One company in Virginia. And this is, this is so what we know about. Un right. Under, under the label of charitable gaming. Correct. Now, here's another one. It's just going to blow you away. construct. Right? Their gross in 2021, $865 million. All right, so you're talking $1.3 billion being played. Yeah. If you don't think this is about money. It's only about money. It, so, then it's, what does what is, what is the, the charity get out of this? Less than 5%, really. It's, it's not even a tip. Not, yeah. Not even I mean, in some, in the poker thing, I think it was 2.5%. You know, and, that, and that's the, 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 the big, the crux of the problem is that the regulatory board with all these vested interests in, in, in you know, in the, in the manufacturing and and in their, you know, they rent out the property where the gaming's going on and they're making money. They're they're a regulatory body with vested interest in, in making money and gain. In What's their vested interest? What does the charitable gaming board get out of higher revenues from these entities? So so what some yeah. members of that board had done was set up their own. Um, charity, charity, right? No. Yeah. And then they would go to you as another charity and go, hey, come play in our facilities. We're going to take a piece of yours, right? Yeah. And we're going to... So they're, they're in on the action. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so... Is it, this has and to be was, illegal. So, well, that's why, we, that's why we've got uh, eight bills. To, <laughs> eight bills. Yeah. yeah. 
Eight bills total. This is a, and we could have had more. The off, you know the other thing we were able to do when 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 Senator Reeves brought his bill to us is I put some language in because I'm on an appropriations. Got some language in the in the budget to have the office of the state inspector general. And that's critical because yeah. at that time uh, I had a full court press on me, and I, I mean I was fighting a battle that by myself. Uh, reputation. They they tried to impugn my reputation. They said they were going to drag me into court. I just I was in a I was in a fight for my life and for being a legislator for bringing this stuff forward and trying to for being a legislator for, for being a legislator. Yeah, so and if it wasn't for Paul putting him and I think it was uh, Senator Marston on the Senate side put this legislation in, yeah. unbeknownst to some of the the big players, that was our saving grace because we knew we had corruption. But just me bringing it forward and then Paul picking it up and saying, hey, that wasn't going to be enough. And, and what we did was, in my language, I said, hey, we got to have a study at a minimum. And so, so both chairmen of both, and at that time the Democrats were in control, if you'll remember. Uh, <clears throat> so we had Republicans going to the Democrats saying, hey, put us in as a subcommittee. We've got we've to get this going. And at the same time, congruent with that, Paul and, and the budget was having the OSIG report. And here's something interesting. We, we both have a copy of the OSIG. Oh, yeah, we both brought okay, the OSIG. So, <laughs> just, just for our audience, Paul and Bryce come in like, y'all together? Like, yeah, we thought we were together. Like, okay, and they both have the Office of, Office of Inspector General report on this. And this was not set up. This is a completely <laughs> organic conversation. Fair? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fair. Okay, so you both have this report from the Office of <laughs> well, Inspector it, General. Well, it was just scathing. So we go through the summer, and we're... we're we're trying to strategize who we want to hear from because this is a big issue. You're not going to you unwind. I mean, you're talking billions so, of dollars, right? So to be clear, we the so Bryce's bill passes through a democratically controlled general assembly. We get it through. It gets watered down to this subcommittee, but much of the bill was there. We had and and we knew that that what he passed was the floor, and that and and even that just to stop the just bleeding. to stop the bleeding, and all those opponents. They were upset at that bill. Now they wish that was it. <laughs> now they're like they're fine with that. They're going let's so, go back. So the to Republicans <laughs> came and said basically we have a good idea on in, in Bryce Rooms, yeah. and they, y'all said you not only have a really good idea, we're going to take it to the next level. Right. Is that and fair? Because so the Democrats they, saw this right. and said we have an opportunity. The to Speaker do some better. appointed me the chair to be the chair of the subcommittee, and we ha and uh, with Senator Reeves and a number of senators, Senator Eben and Senator Bell, and Senator Ruff. Was uh, 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 no, no hanger, um, Senator Hanger, for, for the audience who doesn't yeah. doesn't know these people, completely bipartisan. Completely bipartisan. We had a number of uh, members also on the on the House side, and um, and we had five, maybe six meetings over the summer. This was a lot of work, and we were an investigatory body. This is the quietest investigation <laughs> I've ever heard of at this at this level in in Virginia, because because of all the things that this is one of the things I have a problem with in our body politic today is we have so many of these national stories invading our our narrative and a, a de decimated right. press corps, these stories are legitimate. Well, and I know Graham no Mumbaugh and Jackie Duflesco did some yeah. big stories on it. Okay, yeah, they've covered so it. Big. Okay, so, yeah. you, so you've gotten some press coverage on this. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah a little bit. But not nearly <laughs> I mean, this could, be a, this could be a, you know, a nas national news story, really. I mean, it, because you're, you're charging corruption. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sad for Virginia to have this, you know, part of our conversation. Yeah. Here's what's positive, though, Chris. We're cleaning it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you're seeing that by the way the bills are coming through, and you know, yeah, it's bipartisan effort. This. Yeah, we're getting pretty it much unanimous across uh, the board. There are some people who have had to recuse themselves, Rule Thirty Six, because okay. they have a vested interest, like Chap Peterson, Senator Peterson on, on my side, 
Yeah. Uh, he represents one of the members of the Charitable Gaming Board. He actually carried. So he's an attorney for them. He's again, an attorney, but he also carried the. Ethical reasons he has to recuse the, the himself. Texas Hold'em bill. So there's like, he's got his own little issues with that, but he. So, but under so, under the rules of the Senate and rules of the House, you have a provision where you abstain. Right. It's R sixty nine in the, the House and R thirty six and Rule thirty six and Rule sixty nine that says you can't vote if you have a vested interest. In right, the and you'll see that today because we're doing the appropriations uh, amendments, and there'll be some that are pulled out, right. out just to uh, for people to be able to R sixty nine. Yeah. Right. Okay. But um, you know, when we finally got the OSIG report uh, at the end, near the end. Um, they testified. They they came to our. Class. What did they What did they say in your subcommittee? Please? Well, they they gave a they gave a, a bunch of recommendations. I mean, there's over 20 recommendations, yeah. and, 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 and we could have. I mean, we could have brought more than eight bills. Our main goal. Was You're just take, getting started then. Yeah, I think started. we're getting just getting started. Yeah, and and let's let's back up one little second because I think it's. I do important. think we're going quickly, and this is, it is this is exciting it's stuff. It's exciting. <laughs> but I think it's important that the, that your listeners and viewers understand that the charitable charitable gaming. It, we're trying to protect them. We're trying. I mean, the charitable gaming Absolutely. folks that are out there—the VFWs, the Moose, the Eagles—you uh, know, those guys are are for the most part good guys with great you know intent, and they do good work in the community. And that's all we want to make sure. I mean, there's about right now there's 273 licensed organizations in Virginia. If 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 we don't get these bills through, it's open to the 26,000 charities that are in that are working in Virginia. Any one of them could. Could start charitable gaming, and they could put it anywhere. You could start because you, you run a nonprofit, right? Paul, I mean, and you understand the the nature of the the business and how important it is to have your reputation intact, to stay on mission. Because I mean, everything you right. write down and say we, for the tax benefit purposes, we have to follow the mission, and the, right. we don't want the entire nonprofit and, world and you don't under want suspicion, all, right? And the money that you raise needs to go to that mission. Exactly right. And that's I mean we're we're putting the emphasis back on charity and away from gaming. Right. That's really the theme of, of, of what we've been doing, but we've uncovered a lot. And uh, Senator Reeves has, has has been dogged in in this. In the, so we talked about when did you start? This? How long ago did you start this? Last year when they asked yeah. me to carry the bill. Yeah, it all happened. It was a kind of organic situation with that bill, and he and he saw and we saw the testimony and the and heard the, you know lies basically that were you know you heard the the, the guy that was the testifying was and one one of those guys that video was still on. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is classic. They left their their uh, what, Zoom 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 on, and he was cursing because it just flashed on the screen. I can't believe this, and he started screaming obscenities and. You know, oh, it was great. It was it was great for us because it just confirmed what I'd already known. You know, look, I, I, I'm a cop in nature, right? I understand you have to have probable cause to make arrests. When I started unveiling the 990s of where some of these organizations explain the 990 for the audience. 990 is a tax form that these charities have to fill out, so they show their expenses, right? And they kind of break down how much they actually give to charities and those sort of things. And we yeah. saw. Like some of these charities were just, you could tell, they're just filters to get more money and, and build these corporate headquarters like a $1.7 million house on the water, right? That's their corporate headquarters. So, but let me let me share Seriously. one thing that came out of this OSIG, out of that $1.3 billion out of just two companies, not all the companies yeah, we that we did. know about. Yeah. Okay. VDAC, which is the enforcement arm, does not have oversight enforcement authority over 70% of charitable games, gross receipts in the Commonwealth. 
right? Who does? If no FedEx, one. If FedEx no one. doesn't. No one? That's unregulated. 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 It's unregulated. Unenforced. It's the Wild West. It was uh, the Wild unenforced. West. In you Virginia. Got, you hit the two things. <laughs> for, uh, you can't, unregulated and unenforced. Under ABC, where you can't get a bottle of booze at the local store. Now, now ABC, <laughs> right? a, ABC is different. But VDAC. it's under ABC. The no, no. It's under VDAC. Okay. Which is the Department of Agriculture. The ABC right? subcommittee. Sorry. So, right. Sorry, Travis. <laughs> Didn't need to ABC. in ABC stores. You so look, great shop, good looking. Look, our, our big goal, and we've talked about this. <laughs> Stratus Hills ahead of ABC. Nobody wanted charitable game because they knew it was broken, right? There was this movement afoot to put them under lottery, right? Mm. Our, our goal, and thinking now that we've uncovered this, look, we've both said, and, and the committee, the subcommittee, and everyone else said, look, let us let us try to clean up charitable gaming first, right? Because you have you have all these silos. You have HHR and Rosies and that group. You have uh, casinos. You have lottery. You have skill games, right? And you have charities, and then you have online sports betting. And our goal eventually is to set up a, an umbrella over that because we, we don't have a gambling czar, right? So we need- it Sounds like we, you need one. Yeah, yeah and, and our goal is to set up the Virginia Gaming Commission and have a commissioner, and then take a piece of everybody to set up the enforcement arm, which we believe will be through the state police, and we've promulgated right. some of that in yeah. our regulations here, because you hit the nail on the head, Chris. Right? I didn't even unregulated, <laughs> unregulated, <laughs> but unregulated and unenforceable. Right. And that's what we've seen. And, and here's the bigger issue now that we've seen. And, and I actually took video of uh, a, a place in my district that I couldn't believe we even existed. It was all illegal. There were Chinese machines you could play. So it was completely illegal. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what you've had happen when... when like pop-up casinos. Pop-up casinos. Yeah. Uh, in the back of semi-trailers. Come on. No. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. That's unbelievable. But, but and we're, that has nothing and, to do and other, with this. And localities are, are, are scrapping and fighting and just they to get five casino licenses legally. Right, right. Going through that entire process. Mm-hmm. Right. And these guys are undermining the market in pop-up. And that, and that hurts yeah. charitable, reputable And it hurts charity. charitable game. Yeah, the, the good, the whole reputable reputation. charities and the reputation. But the good ones are doing, who are doing good for their community are being harmed. And that's why we've got well, That's just the that's beginning what, of, the, of the criminal activity, though. Honestly, Bryce, you, you know, you're a law enforcement uh, officer. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Because once you bring this in and they get away with it, everything else is going to come with it. Oh, yeah. All the oh, bad yeah. aspects to gambling Correct. that people are you know, afraid of and will say, yeah, I told you so's. Right. You know, those are the kind of uh, elements would, that come with that. And they're very right. dangerous, no, Chris, very bad right. for society. And it would be shame on us if we don't do something about it. And this, I think, and this is why all of our, co- I mean, the majority of our colleagues on both sides of the aisle, both parties are supportive of our efforts because they know. That this is that this well, is their last chance. So what does, all, what does the lot is? We're all complacent in this. Yeah. Because complicit. here's what happened. Complicit. You're not complacent. Yeah. We're not complacent. Not complacent. We, we complacent. have been complacent. a complacent, complacent but, but now we're, but here's what happened. Yeah. Right. We said, oh, it's charities. They're good guys. They do the right thing. Right. And we voted these bills right. through. We actually yeah. voted a bill in 2015. That was I voted that was the for cover it. for it. All. And I was, right. yeah, yeah, I was part of the the. Uh, the um, where we both come together on a bill, uh, the community conference, conference yeah. on one of them. Okay, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Right, because I just listened to the people that we thought were doing the right thing. Right, because it was charity. Sure. And and Paul and I've talked. We have a moral obligation to fix this, and we're willing to take the hits from you know. It, we have it has taken to, hits. It, it has have to you? stop. <laughs> right, because have you taken hits? Wait, what's, there's what's, a lot. There's some. There's they've got some like the media out there that they. I think it's pay pay media, you know, but out on social media, a lot of Twitter, uh, you know, attacks, and they've got, you know, they've got they're hiring, they've hired some lobbyists who've been coming around, and um, 
you know, it's 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 and they're putting out the ugly side of politics. Yeah, the ugly yeah, side of politics. I mean, there's a lot of lies going on. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're I know telling, for a fact. they're telling all the good charities that we're coming after them, mm. and what they and that's that's you know that's hurtful. That's com- hurtful and it's it's false. And if anybody knows, especially Senator Reid's reputation with the veterans, for them to, to impugn that. Is just it's really beyond the pale. Well, and then your reputation within the charitable community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we want the charities to do well because that is good for our community. Yeah, we want them to kill it, and we want and and we we want to get these bad apples, these bad actors out of out of it, and that's what these bills do. I and mean, we we're, we're we're defanging that charitable regular you know, gaming board. We're making it into a advisory board, which it should have been all along. It used to be. Used to be many. Who, where is this going to go now? Who's going to be the enforcement uh, entity in, in Virginia now? State police will help. State police. We and got a, we got some money in the budget. I got some money in the budget. We got a, Bryce and I have a bill that's going to that's going to give them some enforcement power. It's only you know we're going to have to grow that again next year. We've got to do more. But we we were just talking about you know we are, we've asked JLARC to to create a, a study to come up with this 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 commission or czar or whatever it's going to happen. Right. We want JLARC to tell us. You know, this is what's needed. You know, and what the best practices are in other states that have these multiple types of gambling. So we're hoping that that you know that will give us our our uh, direction for the future. And, and we've had to be flexible, because oh, yeah. because we've always said all along, we if if there's a legitimate charity out there that is doing good work, of course, and we we're not trying to hurt you. We'll figure out how to do a carve out with what we're our objective is, is to get them back in the box and out of restaurants and bars. Right. right? That's not where they're supposed to be. That's not where people want Catholic charities and, you know, all Yeah, go to a convenience right. store and, and see some gaming going Well, that's... Is that, that we won't go there? It, that, well, could be. we've it had could, charitable have, games in yeah, some of those. see little... Okay. But we're, gonna, stickers they we're put cleaning on. up charitable <laughs> gaming. Maybe yeah. somebody else will clean up the other parts. And we've had them where they're like, you know, trust me, Chris, we've had the casino guys come to us. We've had HHR guys, hey, get rid of them here. They're trying to gourd each other's eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a huge, like, it's a huge business. I mean, don't we, bring we that in that. on our stuff. Right. We get that. Right. Yeah. Don't bring it in on our... Let us clean up what we're trying to do for our charities, because I think we can all find agreement in that. We want them to be very profitable. And when you look at how much money is engaged in that, uh, we never did actually get to the real point of how much are you supposed to be giving to the charities, right? right? We had, because once we started uncovering all this That's where we kind of started. And we, and Billions of dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. would solve a lot of charitable problems, right? Right, right. And, and you know, one of the things, there's an, yeah. uh, there's an audit fee in, engaged in this thing. And the code currently says it's based off of gross receipts. Well, I told you what those gross receipts are right mm-hmm. now. Now mm-hmm. you're talking about $12 million. Mm-hmm. But you're not we've been in, Well, we've been in negotiations with these companies uh, as well as everybody else, to, to bring them in to control how what they're doing. And they're, they're in agreement. We have one company that's been with us 100%, and they're one of the bigger players in this arena. They're like, we've known it's been broken, da-da-da-da, we're on board. The other company, we've had to pull along. And, you know, we can carry a stick or a carrot, right? We can take it off adjusted gross, or we can take it off... Yeah. Right. Okay, so uh, off gross receipts or adjusted gross receipts, right? So that's a big chasm right there. You're talking millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And that fee, those companies pay, right? Well, some of the some of the false information out there is they're saying if the VFW is playing, they're saying you're going to have to pay a fee or a tax now. Well, that fee, that audit fee, helps us with enforcement. Mm-hmm. It's right. Yeah, it's one point three seven five percent. We're not raising that. That's the that's what it's been for years. 
It's nominal. It's nominal. It's nominal. Compared to what our sales taxes are and the other. If you're going to play in the charitable grocery taxes, you want to be a casino, go be a casino. If you want to do one of the other, then go be HHR. Right, right, right. But this is charitable gaming. And if you can't afford because you need to, you make so much money on it. Because right. we, we heard this sad story. Oh, we don't, we don't make anything hardly on it because we give more money back to the player. Once we started to peel back the onion, that's just not true. Yeah. Right? So where does everything stand right now? Well, we have a, today in uh, General Laws, which I'm on the General Laws Committee, a number of Bryce's bills and Senator Bell's bills are coming over. And we have uh, also um, one of my bill, uh, our bill on uh, poker uh, is going is up on the floor today in the House. This is full committee this yeah. afternoon after yeah, session. Yeah, full committee after session. Okay. So we're going to have so subcommittee's done its work. You've recommended yeah. that these things go forward. Yeah, they've already gone through both the House and the Senate side. Now it's there. We're cross, We've crossed over. Okay. And um, now they've got it passed through us. And we're three gonna, years out of committee going to all of my bills go to finance in the Senate first. Right? Yeah, but we go some of our federal probes, not all of them. Though. Okay. Yeah. So so we should be. Uh, I think you know. A number of them. I mean, some of the stuff we've done is, is while we've been working on this, we found other little, you know, issues, for example, and we're trying to be, get all the gaming you know, to be kind of consistent. One of the things we really want to have is money that goes into the problem gaming fund. And uh, the casinos have been paying into that, lottery pays into that, but we found out that, um, you know, the HHR, the folks at Rosie's weren't paying into it, uh, charitable gaming is not paying into it. And so we want to make sure that, that because that, you know, as, as gaming has expanded and certainly as the casinos come online, we need to make sure that there's a robust response to problem gaming. And, that, you know, we found that. I and think they haven't been paying in. I mean, that's, that's unconscionable. Right. And well, you Jay, brought up the moral argument what happens when we bring gambling. That's what we're trying to solve as well. Right, because it, it's mean, always been on the, with the understanding, like, look, we're going to have money set aside for people who have a difficulty with the addiction. It's like, it's like any of our other uh, legal products that right. have right. some addictive qualities to it. Mm -hmm. You're right. We have to do that. I mean, at the JLOC, the other, you know, there was a JLOC report on when, for the casinos, and they, they mentioned, I think it's like 5%, uh, 3 to 5% of, of people have problem gaming problem, you know, issues. Right. And so you do need to have that, you know, stand up a, a, a good setup, a resource for them not just a tip, you know, not just a 1-800. The irony dollar. of having charitable gaming create more charitable opportunities. Yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> exactly. Honest, right? They should have some that just go right to the, yeah. uh, but it is, uh, you know, so we've, and even that's, uh, you know, that has run into some uh, folks who, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to have that money, you know, money going there. And, and then we've also, uh, we're trying to make sure that, that, the, that these machines, and as Bryce has said, that we're talking about, slot machines, essentially, whether right. it's a skill game, a charity. Which are far game, more addictive you know. than the other forms. Right, right. I mean, you just, and you can put, you know, it doesn't take a second to lose, you know, a couple dollars. Right. And uh, what, we're, what we want to do is get the age up to 21. So everybody's okay. on the same page there, too. So we have a bill uh, raising the age uh, for these machines up to 21. And that, that should be passing out yeah, today. That's gone I think. through. That's yeah. gone through already. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, I mean, some of this, it sounds like a no-brainer, and you're sometimes surprised when there is, uh, folks against it, and there's controversy. But uh, as the senator said, we've been we have worked with everybody. We're you know if there's a carve out we need to do, we're we're willing to do it. And we're also you know one thing I've learned in my seven years down here in the general assembly is that you got to you you know you do these things, you build on you have building mm -hmm. blocks. We are building on on Senator Reeves' bill from last year, eleven seventy one, right? Eleven, yeah. And okay. so and now we'll be building again next year. We'll continue to build, but. I think, you know, this is, we also, wasn't just these new bills that we came up with, but there was about 20 other bills 
on on gaming that we basically were able to get you know uh, passed by or you know, or tabled. Uh, tabled because we everybody realizes we're foc this is the focus right everyone's and, and they ran yeah. contrary so it sounds to like what everyone's behind y'all y'all are figuring it out yeah. Yeah. but what's what's the what's the primary argument against your legislative packages I mean is it, is it the libertarian free market uh, argument there or is, are people the, the, are they really not the, the argument is the big companies that are making a billion playing it's a lot of money right they don't want to lose that share right they, they're getting no, the, the big the, the, not the, hogs the, get the companies I get, get I get their I get their their interests right we all we all see that are there any legislative arguments philosophical arguments that are saying you know guys let the free market run here. No, no not, we haven't heard that. No. What what what's still out there is, I mean, you know how busy we are, and, and, yeah. and I always tell people we're like, and this is Bryce yeah. will appreciate this if he gets into Congress. Is we're like Congress on steroids. I mean, we don't we do in a couple months what Congress does in a year, and uh, and so there's members that are just that haven't you know that are not on the on the committee, don't have the bandwidth. So they're just they not have, aware of it, and they're not aware. And what they're and they're the ones who are recept, kind of receptive to. The other sides, uh, you know, to the the, right. the the machine manufacturers' argument, misinformation. the misinformation. So it's and and that and as as we get through the session, that number keeps going down and getting to you know a smaller number. So uh, I think that you know first we had to work on a leadership, and we were able to do that. And I mean, this has been this has been a lot. I've never worked so hard in General Assembly. Really? Yeah. I mean, and, I, and I, I consider myself a hard worker, but he, he's a tough taskmaster. But we've had a good, uh, good you know, uh, teamwork here, and it really has Well, been you're, you're the first yeah. guest on the VIP podcast that have brought in their work with them. Yeah. And it's the same work. I mean, this, was not, this, is, not, this is not scripted at all. It's, well, it's an listen, organic operation. We're, we're Velcro right now. I mean, <laughs> I'll take them into battle any day of the week. Is that right? You know, listen, there, there are some things that are just naturally inherent bipartisan and Paul knows look <clears throat> politics is like mold right you see it, okay. you see it growing in the ground road on this one you see it growing in the grout in the yep. shower everybody's seen it yep you don't kill it with bleach it'll kill your policy and from day one it wasn't there was no politics and Paul and I've made sure we're keeping politics out of completely everything. out of it completely yeah. out let's focus on what it is okay and you know uh, here's kind of a highlight of the OSIG report the there's nothing partisan about this should no. be no. Has it become partisan a little bit at all? Uh, no, no, not, no. Okay, yeah. not one bit. All right. I mean, literally, not one bit. Yeah. I mean, everybody comes to us now, like, hey, what is this? You know, and, and we, I literally told him this yesterday in a text. I said we couldn't get here if we weren't honorable men and people didn't respect us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if we said something that just isn't true, but, but but to the best of our knowledge, we as we uncover these things. We're verifying what they're telling us, what we know to be true, what the OSIG report is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like an investigation. We're doing the best job we can to, like, stop major bleeding, reverse that. You know, taking care of the board is going to be huge, right? Because yeah. that's just going to stop it. We're going to give the authority back to VDAC. There's a gentleman that that's kind of handles all charitable gaming in VDAC, uh, Mike Menifee, who's probably the foremost authority on charitable gaming in the country, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Right? And he knows. And he... But he also he also has to to uh, enforce whatever that law is, even though it might run contrary. And he knows that hey, they're getting by with murder on the thing. Right. right. So he he has been very helpful uh, for Paul and I. To so has it has this uh, effort reinvigorated your perspective on politics and government as far as doing the right thing for the right reasons? You have the, you have the you have the executive branch side. You have both chambers in the legislature working and trying to improve this? 
It's, it, I'm reinvigorated by the ability for, for y'all to reach across the aisle and have it be completely nonpartisan and get good stuff done. Let me, let me say this. Um, when the Senate was still in charge, I was chairman of social services and rehab. Happened to be in Denver, Colorado at, at uh, uh, what is that program we all have to go to? Anyway, the National. NCSL. That's it, yeah. NCSL. And I got a report in front National of National Council of State Legislators. Yeah, uh, in Virginia that said we were last in the country for kids who age out of foster care. And I'm like, what? Like, we're last in Virginia? Yeah. And I'm like, now this isn't gonna work. So literally, I picked the phone up and I called Monty Mason, Democrat senator from James City County in that area, right, Williamsburg. I said, Monty, I said, what do you know about this? Because I, as chairman, <clears throat> I always said in social service rehab, that's not a political thing. Don't bring that stuff in here. Let's solve issues, right? <clears throat> and I did, I believe that. And I, I put Monty in charge of a, something else and he did a great job and I, I Monty, um, we have this thing come down called Family uh, Care First Act from the Federals, and we're not getting that money either, and I just got this report. I said, um, I'm committee chairman. You're now assigned to that committee. You're the chairman of this. I need to find out everything you can. Member of the opposite party. Opposite party. Did the same thing task with, with Barbara being... Favola. I put her on another committee because I know how much she loves children and all that sort of stuff. I said, Barbara, you got to work with money on that. And <clears throat> we came up with recommendations. and. When we started to, the uh, same process, peel back the layers, we found out all these different things were happening in foster care. In fact, I called somebody in the administration who was in charge of social services and they said, you're not gonna be able to get this done. Dude, I, I remember to the day, I was sitting at mm -hmm. Dairy Queen talking to him on the phone, and I said, I'm not gonna, that's unacceptable. And anyway, going back. <laughs> member of the executive branch told you you would not be able to change? Correct. What needed to be changed? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I, look, I took it as a challenge. And not only, not <laughs> it's only, it's an insult. Right, not only did we get it done, the governor that year had only put in $100,000 for foster care. I went to Janet Howe, Democrat, right, Senate, uh, senior member in, in finance, and said, Janet, we need $3.2 million to backfill these 86 positions and do all these things that we have to do. And we're still to this day doing things for kin, uh, kinship care, foster care. You're seeing those bills come through. But ever since we got that big packet and reversed that process, now those players that were part of that, they have everyone's respect because they're on that issue. And we've fixed that issue. We're no longer 50th. We're in the upper 20s. We're not number one in the country. But you're moving in the right but direction. But we've moved the needle. And I think this is no different. And yeah. when you, when you uh, I was always taught, if you see a deficiency and you fail to correct it, you set a new standard. Right. And when I saw this, Originally, I'm like, this is, excuse my language, this is BS, right? You're it's, military, bravo Sierra. Yeah, correct. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Like, morally, I can't let this continue. Um, and I took the bill that was the original bill allowing expansion, and I radically changed it. They, they were mad. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not striking my bill. And I took it to them. And I couldn't have done it without talk about guy. Talk about uh, Paul Bryce, the, what pressure looks like in a political context like this. When, that, when you're getting hit with what? When, when people are saying, oh, we're getting a lot of pressure. How many times are we talking you know, like, ah? Oh. I know, I know. You know, we get paid the same amount of money whether we get this bill passed or not, right? That's a well, that's not true. <laughs> he, ma he makes a whopping $300 yeah, right. more. Yeah. You're, 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 you're 17642 or something yeah. like that, and you're yeah. 18000 yeah. So yeah. these are big numbers yeah. here. I mean, one of the things we, we talk about bandwidth, it's, we, you know, the, the difference in the Congress also is they have, they have a big staff. 
and they can That's handle us. pressure a lot easier because they have, you know, they've got the expertise. Just the, just the, the amount it's, of input you're getting. Yeah. I mean, people come and, you know, they, they come to your house even and to knock on the door when they, they know you're home on weekends. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, we get lots of emails. We got, you, you get Twitter now, you get, you get instant messaging, you get things through Facebook. I mean, there's just so many ways to communicate, and I think that's a great that's a great thing. It's, you, but well, it, it let can me, be. Let me chime in for a second. Kind of, kind of daunting, though. It can right? be daunting, right? When you're trying to do some stuff and you've got your own personal right. challenges every yeah. day, and let then you're trying this. to run your own. You're trying to do your own job, too. Right. You know, that's he it. has a day job, and he, and you just brought up something: your own personal challenges. I knew what Paul was going through, right? Um, and I don't want to share what he's going through, but it was very, very difficult time for him. Yeah. Very difficult time for him. And for him to be chairing and still doing these things, we would talk when he would have a break. He's like, hey, can I call you at 2 a.m.? Or whatever time that Seriously? was. Yeah. You're that, calling each other at 2 a.m.? Yeah, we're, yeah. We're we got to get this thing through. We're, you know, because it's a serious of the, business. the things that were happening in no, his daily No, but the only time you could carve out for yourself to do something for the good of the, of the public, the good yeah. of the people, is 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And there's a lot of delegates and senators to do that. I mean, they, they have to. But people don't know that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, if I had the, if I brought the, this is the, the small binder. Yeah. Uh, my other binder is about this thick. And the things that we've just uncovered would turn your head. And um, you could do, we could do a weekly show. <laughs> Maybe we should. I mean, it's. See, because look, this is not, this, part is, of, this is not the Virginia that we all love and cherish, right? I will this say, is, this is a our carrots in the form of a hammer. And uh, we've, I've always said, if you guys continue to fight us back, I'm just going to drop a, a packet on the, uh, and, and I, I'm sure some law enforcement agencies already have a packet. Uh, I know that for a fact because I put probable, I put affidavits together and everything else. Uh, we're going to drop the whole thing on them. Just ban it. But, well, if you can't yeah. ban well, that right. Let right? me say this. That's the hammer it, provision. It, it, well, we have <laughs> a hammer provision in our legislation now yeah. on the enforcement side. If they get a gaming violation in another state, they can no longer do business. The other part of in Virginia, in Virginia, the other part of this is when VDAC gets that, they could never really enforce violation of the gaming laws. It was a slap on the wrist, and you get to appeal, and it was it just was you could never do anything. Yeah. We're giving real teeth to the enforcement arm, uh, not only through uh, civil penalties, penalties, yeah, stronger penalties, but but criminal. But you have to have the enforcement mechanism, otherwise, otherwise the teeth don't matter. Correct. And, and they're sitting yeah. on the they're sitting on the, the dresser drawer, right? Those, and with those, this, are, those are old. And with drawers. the fee now going on all the machines, we're going to have some money to do that too. So and, that's, you, and you're and you're creating the uh, the umbrella, the the well, that's czar. The that yeah. that that's not in our legislation. That's but the JLARC that we're requesting JLARC to, to start that process and, and come up with a with yeah a, with the program. JLARC is the Joint Legislative Audit Review Commission right. that is sort of like the the Uber Commission in Virginia that that really goes deep on these these things. Right. You want them to come up with the enforcement mechanism, what that should look like, and how it should be structured in the executive branch. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's let's try to transition to something a little less a uh, little less gaming. <laughs> um, talk about the stadium deal. Right. Virginia Football Stadium Authority, where does that legislation stand right now, and where do you stand on that bill? Well, as we talked before we got on air, uh, Paul and I both, and we didn't know this either, um, <laughs> it, we're both against it, right? And uh, we both voted no. The bill will pass. The bill's coming out. The, yeah. the bill's going to pass. Um, I, I'm confident with some of my colleagues that uh, are on finance that have heard the in-depth uh, part of the bill, and I heard a little bit of it in one of the committees because I had a bill up in that committee uh, ensuring that they were doing the best 
the best they could do in the interest of Virginia to make sure that we're not going to financially get handed a bag when Dan Snyder leaves. But uh, my big thing in a is, deteriorating stadium, yeah, uh, correct, depreciating asset that was concerns I've had expressed. Right, well. right, right. Because um, after thirty years, that stadium's there. What do you do with it? Yeah, right, right. Not, you know. Paul, what's, yeah, no, what's, I mean, what's I mean, the talk, what's talking I mean, the house side? I mean, it, that's more to your district anyway. It's more up your Yeah, way. yeah, you know, uh, uh, the um, uh, Mr. Snyder just moved into my district, in fact. Um, and uh, The uh, state's the most expensive house, yeah. I think it was, in the Sir, Washington Post. $45 million is, house. Something like that. But, can't, but it has someone else has to build a stadium. That's not a good one. Let me just say that there aren't too many of those homes in my district. It's uh, <laughs> We have a very diverse district, from, but... Um, that that shocked me even, but it's on. The, you know, I, I represent at, right south of Alexandria and sure. to Mount Vernon, and we have the shoreline there, and he has a, a number of acres there on the shore on Potomac River, and so that's that's his new place. But uh, he hasn't reached out to me um, as his delegate yet, and um, but he probably after he hears this, he's probably not going <laughs> to be. <laughs> he won't be calling. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm. I don't think public. Uh, I, I don't like to see public money being used for stadium deals. I mean, the interesting thing is we've been, talk, we've been talking about uh, gaming. The casinos aren't getting any, any public money. And, uh, you know, that Super Bowl was just played in L.A., and that was not financed with any public money. I don't think the taxpayers' money should be involved at all. It, it's a 30-year, $1 billion uh, deal, I heard. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, this is only step one. Yes, we've lost this first step. Um, and it'll, but it's going to be, you know, there, he could be just playing us against Maryland and D.C. and trying to get the best deal. I'm sure that's what he's doing. Um, and we're, you know, this is only really to set up the reg, the uh, bond financing setup right. situation. So I, I, I'm, I'm still hopeful that at the end of the day, uh, no taxpayer money is used to support it. And um, but it doesn't sound as a, as a groundswell of opposition to this thing. And my constituents are very much opposed. I've heard a lot. Very much opposed. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot from mine as well. Opposed as well? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And I, I think it has this whole fundamental principle, like if, if you weren't a billionaire, normal business person wouldn't get it. If I wanted to go do a small stadium and, uh, or a turf field from uh, all my soccer leagues mm-hmm. and lacrosse leagues and all this stuff, nobody's going to come in and give me government money. Even if you put in half of it, which right. is the deal, I guess. Yeah. Who, I mean, unless, unless we give that deal to everybody, we shouldn't give it to him. Well, yeah. You're not going to find or, any opposition from me. I just, you know, it's just it's, right. you know, the guy's worth five billion dollars. I mean, you, right. what's he coming to us for? Right. I mean, I, I met with him and he showed me the plans. I'm like, okay, you know, why do we have to chip in for this? Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. I right. mean, you can get financing for this. If it's that great of a deal, you, you can go to the markets oh, and find a lot of financing. Sure. For this. I think he. I heard, and I'm not. I can't confirm this, but I heard he bought that house with cash, so no financing. Cash deal, $45 million house, and he's coming to the Commonwealth to stake him to a a new stadium that he's going to turn over to the Commonwealth at the end of the day. Right. Well, another subject for another day. He'll probably get into charitable gaming. Look, (laughs) that's 1.3 with two companies. I mean, come on, you know, look, there's a lot of money here. That's it. I mean, you know, well, we're, we're talking a billion our, over 30 our, years. Our, look, our economy, our society is changing. We're moving into yeah. more sports and entertainment, cultural yeah. uh, um, methods of growing our economy as, as our economy diversifies and deepens. Ukraine was notwithstanding, we don't know what's going to happen there from, from an economic impact standpoint. But but that's the kind of uh, oversight we have to have in, in the Commonwealth to make sure it's done appropriately and that people aren't taken advantage of and we don't have corruption. I mean, it just sounds like rank corruption in the, uh, in the charitable gaming area. Well, I think, Chris, I just think it's, it's you know, 
Paul mentioned, you mentioned I'm going to Congress, and one of the things that I'd like to do if I ever got there was was put a bill on the new single object rule. And you know what that is, right? Thank you, right? God. I mean, how, for, for, yes. how much could you well, explain clean for up? the explain for the audience what single object is? Because I've written so, on this. Uh, oh, I, I have not known that, but this is something that that's been congressing in my head. And they also need to come up with with the. Um, with the um, fundraising ban during session, they shouldn't be raising money right. while they're passing legislation. Yeah. That needs to stop. Yeah, well, that's just like we do here, yeah. right? In the General Assembly, you can't raise money during session. session. Yeah. Um, but single object rule simply says, look, if you have a bill, charitable gaming bill, you can't tie foster care to this or, or veterans issue to this. Right. It's gotta stay germane to whatever the- The original purpose of the bill. Right, and I think when you do that, uh, it. It, it helps take the politics, the mold off of it, mm. right? Because certain bills and certain issues are going to be nonpartisan in nature and everybody can coalesce around them. And, and when you look, and you know this, you were a delegate, there are a lot of bills that I don't think most Virginians know. They just go through because it's the right thing to do and everybody, yeah. they're on a post docket, right? Yeah. And it's the other political issues that are the ones that make headlines, that do all these sort of things, uh, because, because the press loves to thrive on confrontation. Right. That's, you know, somebody's upset. They said this. This means that. But by and large, when we're down here, we're working for the good of the Commonwealth and everybody has constituencies and they bring bills forward. And, you know, depending on what that issue is, it may or may not. Like right. I sat in committee yesterday and we heard bills and I'd go back and they were House bills and I'd go back and I'd, I, I don't know the patron that well. Um, but it, in its face, it's a good bill. I'm going to vote for it. But then I go back and I check and I look and see what the vote was out of the House. And I look and see the members. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, they must have pissed off a bunch of the Republicans because <laughs> I see all these no votes on the bottom of it, but it's a good bill. And in the Senate, we have a different attitude. If it's a good bill, you're going to see you a guys, lot you of guys come in support. later. You know, hey, <laughs> the, the, the flip side of that is even if you have 100 people on the House side that voted for it, they still may kill it. Because well, <laughs> well, that's true. There might have been only three in the House that actually read it. That, oh. Oh. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Statement. That's not unfair. <laughs> but that's look, not unfair. We're going to hear 3,000 pieces of legislation, right? I mean, that's they handed true, us the true. weed I mean, bill yeah. that was 451 pages in less than 20 minutes to vote on it. I'm like, I. Okay. Right, right, right. Like, I'm and that, and that's it. with a single object. Right. That's yeah. right. Can you that's imagine? <laughs> you go yeah. Here's your 3,000 page. But, Here, Congressman, go vote. But right. you know, that's a good example of what we, we need to make sure we have a strong regulatory environment when we when we do something of that nature. I mean, that's that's a big Because deal. you're turning it, once you've done your job, you're turning it over to the executive branch right. and saying, you guys have got to enforce we've got these to, things. Right. We've got to smart put attorneys who are yeah. going to take every word and pick that apart. And that's what happened and to us happened. on our bill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we know we know there's going to be loopholes that we didn't anticipate. That that's could. why we have 2,000 bills every year. We yeah. come back and tighten things up over here because people yeah. are going to push into those well, areas. Or, or release them. Or release right? them. Sure, sure. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can do some damage, too. And that, and Which is the balance of the legislature. Correct. All right. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, this has been an invigorating conversation. Right. I you, want Chris. to thank you both for coming in here. It sounds an exciting project, and the Commonwealth is... Uh, blessed to have you both at this at Thank the you. helm of this ship because that, this is a, this is a this is a very positive opportunity and a very negative opportunity. And yeah. uh, I just want to thank you both for doing it and for coming into the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I'm the executive director. Available on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Please subscribe, like, and share. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Good luck to Thank you, Paul, for your help. Thank you. It's yeah. great stuff. Oh, there it is. Bipartisanship. It's back. It's back, baby. It's back. <laughs>